Scripture today is from Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of earth may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When this king began the reckoning, one of his slaves who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, the Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all his possessions, and payment be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw, that, saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. There's, there's uh, support groups like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and, and other support groups that commonly talk about taking uh, life one day at a time. Uh, we talk about it as a way of uh, focusing on the here and now. Oftentimes, we don't focus on the here and now. We either are focused in the past, we, we think about that, or, or we're concerned heavily about the future. But a lot of people will tell you that if we can focus on today, it makes life so much more important. I think about that, and I think about... Let's, let's say we even uh, compress that down even more. Instead of focusing on a day, what if we focused on an hour? What, what if we focused on this hour right now? Here we are together. Uh, this is it. What are the things that's, that you want to welcome in this hour? And, and what are the things that you want to let go of in this hour? If this was it... Your moment in time right now, are there things that you have taken with you that you wish maybe you hadn't? Or are there things that you wished you did that you didn't? Forgiveness is a very touchy, 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 touchy thing. It can be very difficult. Christ tells us uh, the importance of forgiveness. He actually is very stern about it, saying things like, if you forgive, you're forgiven. If you don't, you don't. You're not. 
He gives the supreme example of forgiveness um, as he's hanging on a cross after beating a beating that was so excruciating. Um, the first thing on his mind is forgiveness. And yet it's really hard for us sometimes. So what is it that he means by forgiveness is something that we, uh, uh, if we forgive, we're forgiven. If we don't, we're not. A lot of times people like to use those kind of phrases as a, as a fire and brimstone kind of thing, like Jesus and God are kind of angry at you, and uh, constantly you are constantly under surveillance, and if you don't pass this certain thing, you're going to flunk, and you're going to be out of God's love. Gosh, we love to build that, don't we? But maybe what God is actually talking about, maybe what Christ is actually talking about is something a little bit more simplistic than that. Maybe he's talking about something that's a little bit more um, personal to us. If I forgive somebody, I, I build a relationship with that person. But if I don't forgive somebody, what are the things that I carry? What are the things that burden me? What am I refusing to let go of in, in this, this hour? I'll tell you a, a kind of a personal story here. Um, I've been I've been preaching. I've been I've been a pastor for a while now, and I've, I've pastored different churches. I've pastored churches uh, in Lincoln. I've pastored uh, churches um, that uh, were in central Nebraska and in, in smaller communities. Some of the people that uh, attended that church are are here now. Um, I uh, uh, helped pastor a primary African American uh, church as well. I even dabbled in um, uh, campus ministry. I was awful at it. Uh, if, you're, if you're under the age of 20, I'm scared of you, so that's why that didn't work out very well. But um, I was in uh, Ord, Nebraska at, at, at this one time, and I had some pretty good um, success in, in the churches that I served. God was, was really uh, good. We, we grew some churches. And I got this call from a person named uh, Nathan Stanton. Nathan uh, worked for the conference. He lived in Topeka, Kansas, or Kansas, somewhere, somewhere there. But he was overseeing uh, new church development. It was something that had kind of uh, been a little bit new, and they were, they were trying to grow new churches, start brand new churches. And in some of those churches, they would uh, do what they would call sister churches or satellite churches, which is kind of the fail-safe a little bit, where you would have an established church, and what they would do is they would connect with something. They'd start something on the other side of town or something, but they would have the support of that church. And then there's this one that they call parachute drops, where they, uh, it's, it's called that because they literally take the, the pastor and they just kind of throw him into community and say, go ahead and start a church out, out of nowhere. Uh, and a lot of people don't do that anymore because they say it's, it's foolish and it's, it's, you, know, you have no support. It's just a weird thing, and you've got to be crazy to do that. That's what I was asked to do five years ago, uh, was to do a, a parachute drop in, in this community. Nathan was so supportive. He said that, you know, I've, I've, he you know, said that he, he had... Uh, 
heard from my, my DS and, and uh, my district superintendent, my, my boss and all that kind of stuff that uh, we had done some success and everything like that. They just felt like that I was the person to be able to come in here and, and do this thing. Filled me full of confidence. That confidence lasted about 30 seconds. Because as soon as you jump into a uh, community that you've not been in and you think, okay, I got to try something here, uh, you definitely, it, it's a humbling experience. And you walk in, uh, I, I don't know anybody that's ever started a church without fear. Uh, they have. And so I was afraid. And I, I fortunately, uh, God led me to some amazing people uh, that were in this community that helped me to kind of uh, learn this community, and we talked about what we wanted in this community. I had always wanted something that was uh, accepting and honoring of people. I wanted something that, uh, to, to me, the, the message of Christ is a loving message, and I wanted that to be the, 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 the priority. I also wanted it to be deep and simple. And I say that I, deep and simple is something that, um, uh, because it is... Uh, I didn't want bells and whistles. I didn't want, you know, the extravagance. I didn't want all of this uh, gimmicky things. I wanted something that we're, we just basically got together, we enjoyed each other's company, and we talked about the love of Jesus Christ. I wanted something that simple. Nathan was like, that's, that's amazing. That's great. That's, 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 let's do it. Let's, we're going we're gonna to fund you, uh, give you some money for, for about five years to get started. Uh, but whatever you need, and Nathan was always about whatever you need, we're going to get you uh, the support. And he would uh, frequently uh, tell me that he is uh, loving the work we were doing and everything. And for a while there, I got really excited and I got really, you know, confident that maybe we are doing something that we're supposed to be doing here. But every once in a while, when you are a new church uh, pastor, you have to meet with certain committees. <sighs> Organizations that love their committees. They just love putting people in chairs and, and around tables. Uh, and we would have to go uh, against these committees and tell them our progress and what we were doing. The progress of a lot of these committees was, uh, how's your attendance and how's your giving? You know, are, are you paying the bills yet? You know, that kind of thing. And so some of these were really scary as you're starting out. There was one day that I felt pretty confident. I felt good about what we were doing. Our attendance was growing. Things were, you know, we were in this, this space now. Uh, I was very proud of the work that we were doing. Uh, and I went to one of these um, committee meetings. And uh, I was expecting to hear from Nathan you know, we're, we're proud of you and, and things like that. Nathan wasn't there that day, and instead what I got was I sat around the table. Uh, I got yelled at for an hour. I, I was told uh, deep and simple was moronic. Their words, moronic. How, what are you doing deep and simple? What does that even mean, they would say. Um, they found out that I used to be a comedian, and they said, do you know that there's no place for humor in church? It's <laughs> just they did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Have you ever read the Bible? But um, I sat there, and they attacked at everything that I, I did. Uh, and even when you know when you try to answer, and somebody interrupts even the, the the answer to the question that they asked, and continues to just lambast you. Um, they called me. Uh, 
because I was trying to do something different, they called me the Lone Ranger. What are you doing trying to be a Lone Ranger? Now, as a kid, I always liked the Lone Ranger, so there was a little bit of you know, uh, fun there. But uh, I remember walking out of that feeling demoralized. Um, and for the first time in, since I had started ministry, I was considering leaving uh, and not being a pastor anymore. It was, it was that uh, devastating for me. It was, I'm a sensitive guy, you know. I, uh, you know, you have to take certain hits and things like that in life. But this was, uh, it felt like a, just a, an abrupt attack. So much so that um, somebody that was not in that meeting, uh, but was part of that committee called me that day and asked me if I was okay. Um, and I was honest. I said, I'm, I'm really not sure I even want to do this anymore. And I started to build uh, for the next, I'd love to say, hours, days. It was more like probably months. Resentment. I started to, you know, when we get hurt, when we get uh, wounded in some way, when something uh, uh, harms us in some way, our natural defense is to uh, turn that into a, a stronger emotion. Instead of feeling uh, sad or hurt, we, we want to turn that into anger, uh, resentment, and, and sometimes even hatred. And I, I must admit, I was feeling all of those. I was ready to, um, I, I was really struggling. I was, I was ready to leave uh, ministry. I was ready to just do the things that I had been doing before. I thought, why, why am I taking these blows? Why am I doing this? And I s- continually started to feel so much anger toward the people that sat at that committee that I almost started to hate them. Uh, I started to uh, say, say snide comments about them. I started to talk about them rather than to them. You know how we do that? When we, we talked about this a little bit last week, when you are uh, in an argument about something, the easiest thing to do is just go over here and just talk about that person, but not actually have a, a one-on-one conversation, which is what Christ calls us to do. And you know, I realized that the more that I hung on to that anger, the more that I hung on to that resentment, the more that hatred started to build, the more I realized that the only person that was really truly getting injured by this was me. I was starting to feel so much hatred, I couldn't eat, I, which is surprising, I know. But at this time, I couldn't. I, I couldn't think about uh, things other than just wanting to defend myself. I wanted to think about things that wanted to hurt these people. I didn't want to physically hurt them. I just wanted them to feel a little pain, a canker sore. Just give them a canker sore and just make them hurt just a little bit. Give them some discomfort. I, I wanted uh, my, my anger to be justified when, in fact, I wasn't even really feeling angry. What I was truly feeling was hurt. But we jump to that, don't we? The other thing is, is that my anger was feeling so much that I, it misjudged everything that I did. The things that I were, was doing was out of reaction to that. Oh, yeah? Well, you think that I'm this? Well, I'm going to be this. And the further I got 
into that, that, that poisonous thinking, that, that, that anger thinking, that, that weight that I was carrying, the less I started to really pray about what God wanted me to do as a pastor, as a disciple, as, as someone that was starting a church. I started to lose my focus. I started to uh, preach the wrong way. And the further that I got into that, the farther I got from Nathan Stanton, this wonderful person that just said, you can do this. We, we've heard that your, uh, your, your district superintendent said that you're one of the best uh, uh, preachers uh, in, in, in Lincoln. Uh, he drank a lot, but... The further I got into my hatred and anger and this frustration and responding to the thing that harmed me and made me feel hurt, the further I got from any of the encouragement that I was getting, any of the sincerity, any of the friendships that I was getting. It, and sometimes, as many of you will know, uh, God will shake you out of something when you least expect it. And many times uh, what uh, God does in that case is gives you a spouse. <laughs> and that spouse, my, my loving wife, Allison, confronted me one day and just said, you are letting naysayers get to you. Um, talk about it. And we did. We talked about it. We discussed it. There were tears. I got to focus on the, the hurts. I don't, you know, you always hear that term, sticks and stones will break my bones, but I think many times we'd rather take a stone uh, because words do hurt and they do linger. And so I got to talk about that. And it wasn't until then that I started to actually kind of let things go. It wasn't until then that I started to see people less as an adversary and, and more as a person, as a neighbor. Even if they disagree with me, even if they said that they didn't like what I was doing, they were still a neighbor. And as a pastor, you know, you... My, my world is that of Christ. And I have to remind myself of the Christ that said, you've got to forgive. Uh, you've got to forgive. As I forgave you, you've got to forgive. And it started, I started to realize what that meant by if you're not forgiven. Because what was happening is that the more that I was hanging on to the resentment and the hatred and all that stuff, the uglier that I was getting, the more that I was damaging myself. In other words, without forgiving them, I wasn't forgiving myself. I was starting to feel uglier, more negative. I think that's what Jesus was saying by if you... Forgive, you're forgiven, but if you don't, you're not. In other words, you're going to be carrying the burden. You're going to be carrying that. 
I had this wonderful person named Nathan Stanton that believed in me. And the farthest I got into the resentment and the hatred, the, the farther I got from hearing the person that believed in me. I think sometimes we, we do that with Christ. We, we live in a world where it's right or wrong. And most of us, I'm right. You're wrong. We just pick that side. We don't want to see each other as human beings. We want to see each other as an enemy. What's your politics? I need to decide that before I decide whether I like you or treat you with any respect. We're so polarized that we don't even have to wait for somebody to do something that needs forgiveness. We just label them and treat them as if they've harmed us in some way. Rather than having a conversation and finding a possible friend, maybe with some differences, but sharing peace. Peace. Gosh, we don't hear that word anymore. We, we hear it in our hymns, but do we hear it on the streets? Do we hear it when we leave here for the week? Do we truly see each other as our neighbor? Remember, this is your hour. This is your one hour. One hour at a time, this is it. Have you brought any of that resentment with you? Have you brought any of that, that hatred with you? Have you brought anything that needs to just be let go? Are you carrying something that is taking you further from encouragement and the truth and understanding the love of another human being and the love of Jesus Christ? About uh, two and a half years ago, after it, it had, this had been passed, and we were in the heart of COVID, and I was in a Zoom meeting with Nathan Stanton. And I noticed that his voice was slow. Instead of talking in his normal way, his voice was labored, almost as if he was talking in slow motion. I didn't want to say anything during the meeting, but I texted him afterwards, and I said, hey, are you, are you okay? And he said, I don't, I don't really know. Thanks for asking. Uh, we're going to go to get this checked out. About nine months later, he was gone. ALS. It was one of the, the fastest moving ones. Do you think that, I think about it all the time, and I think about the things that I was resentment for, resenting and angry and, and all of that stuff, it took me away from some valuable time with someone that's now gone. Someone that left a family, teenage sons, way too early. And when you focus on something like that, it kind of trivializes some of the things that you're hanging on to. It sure made me focus on 
what I need to be focusing on. We got that one hour. Are some of the things that you are carrying, some of the burdens that you're carrying, some of the anger, resentment by comparison? Is it something that you can let go of? Can we focus on the things that are really, truly important to us? Can we focus on the things that are not only uh, good in our lives, but cherishable? And can we let go of the things that keep us from loving our neighbor? It's been a number of years since this incident happened with the, 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 the committee. And the funny thing is, is that since I moved on from that, they moved on from that. I see these folks at uh, annual conference and things like that, and we get along. We are friends. They even like my sense of humor now. I know, it's weird. But imagine the conversations when we have with another person if we can just jump to that end instead of holding on to hatred and resentment and hurt. You've got an hour. What's important? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, if we have burdens, if we're hanging on to stuff, that you know that we would be better off letting go of. Help us to let go of it. Help us to get into a practice of forgiveness so much that for the smaller things, we, we, we get into a, almost a default of forgiveness because there are bigger things that we need to have that practice in place. Help us to just see each other as someone that you love and someone that you forgave. And may you do the same for us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.